If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau. We continue to celebrate local baseball in the area of Jacksonville on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau with you for another couple of hours, and then me and Brian Middleton will hold it down on Action Sports Jacks. So, T, taking you right into the MLB All-Star Game. Yes, the All-Star Game is on ESPN 690. Cover starts at 7. First pitch around 8. You know they got a lot of festivities to do. And that pitch will be thrown by the legend Clayton Kershaw in his home stadium. Pretty cool accomplishment for him. Guy that's been an all-star a lot, never in his home stadium. He will get to pitch tonight in that game. But we keep it rolling right now. Earlier today, me and Brent caught up with Tyler Callahan, former uh, Providence School of Jacksonville star, third-round pick in 2019. Right now is with the Reds, was just hanging out in Daytona, has been promoted to Dayton. I know. Sounds like the exact same thing. We talked to him about it, but this is our conversation from earlier today with me and Brent and Tyler Callahan. Hey, we talked about so many different guys from uh, the area that have been drafted, trying to make their ways uh, into the big leagues, and one of those guys uh, is Tyler Callahan. He joins us uh, now on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, our baseball celebration show, drafted uh, in the third round back in 2019 by the Cincinnati Reds. Tyler, uh, how's the, the minor league trek going for you so far? Are you enjoying pro ball? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's definitely been um, a pretty good experience getting to meet a bunch of different guys and go to a bunch of different places, and it's been great so far. You, you've played well, too. Like, you have to a really good start, as I remember it, like right when you got into to pro ball. And did that help you, give you some confidence? Because uh, a lot of guys go through this transition period where, I mean, heck, we were just watching, like, the Derek Jeter special last night. I mean, he was awful when he first started. Uh, was it good for you to kind of have some early success and say, okay, I kind of belong here, I can play here? No doubt, yeah. It was definitely a, a big impact um, with my teammates and the way I played and all of that. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to have – there's times when they're hot. There's times when they're cold. It's all about maximizing the hot streaks and minimizing the cold streaks. So that's just what I'm trying to do now. You guys all have options. We're seeing the draft like these last few days, right? And some guys even around here that, that we thought might get drafted, it doesn't happen. A lot of it's based on dollars and slot value and what they think they're worth and should they go to college. I mean, you had all those things. Like, Why did you decide to say, hey, uh, I'm a third-round guy, and I'm coming out of Providence, and I want to go play pro ball now. Well, so that's a good question, but at the end of the day, it was uh, it all came down to if I trusted myself to go to SEC school and perform and um, be a higher-ranked player, a more valued player coming out of that, and I realized that if I trusted myself to go to an SEC school and be one of the top two or three hitters and I trusted myself to perform in the minor leagues and um, showcase my talent and my ability for the team that way um, instead of with metal bats and in college and a different um, style I just felt like I could trust myself to go compete and to better myself out there with wood bats and, and professional baseball and I thought I was ready for it. 
I think you made the right call with that, Tyler. So talk to me about this. 2020, the minor league season gets canceled. You then go into 2021, and I think you got hurt, right? How frustrating was that to come off a season where you guys couldn't play, and then you have a good start in 2021, and you end up getting hurt? Yeah, no, that was definitely um, definitely pretty frustrating, but um, there's going to be setbacks for everybody at the end of the day, and obviously I was playing some good baseball. I didn't want it to end, um, but I used that year to – kind of take a bright side to it and get my body in shape the way it needed to be and get my mind right and figure out which kind of player I am to be able to come back in 2022 and give it all I got. Tyler Callahan with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, uh, just one of the uh, local players and products that uh, made Jacksonville proud and continue to do so. Uh, do you look down the road? Do you have to avoid doing that? I mean, it's so hard in baseball. I mean, you get drafted in 19 and might not make it to the bigs for five years. Uh, and, of course, you have to perform to do that, and nothing's guaranteed. Uh, do you look at a path? Do you try to map it out? How does that work uh, for what can be a very long journey? Yeah, I would say I would say I definitely look down a path. I don't know if I necessarily try to map it out, but I think everybody – has got that idea in their head because if you don't um, I don't think you're going to make it if you don't have the idea that you're already going to be a big leaguer um, and so you have to believe that with yourself and know that you can do it and envision it happening because if you don't then you're kind of out there for no reason so I definitely have a full belief system that I'll be up there one day but I haven't necessarily planned it out the path for me yet Tyler, let me ask you this. Going kind of back to 2021 into 2022, you start this year again in Daytona after coming off 2021 in Daytona. When you found out you were going to be starting again in Daytona this year, was that – were you cool with it? Were you annoyed with it, thinking that you performed in 2021? How did that go down when you found out you were starting the season again in Daytona? Oh, yeah. So what happened with that, I was, uh, I was rehabbing my, my Tommy John surgery, and I was – just getting back out to being able to play um, like five, six innings, stuff like that in spring training with my arm and the field. Like it was, it was a big deal. I uh, had done really well in my progression and finally gotten stable and finally gotten to that point where they were telling me I was going to be able to break camp with the team. And then I think like four or five days before we broke camp, I uh, got into a little car accident. It wasn't very little. I towed my truck, but, mm. um, yeah, I got into a car accident and I accidentally tore my UCL in my thumb, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, and so that sent me back like a little bit over a month. And then at that point, it was just about getting more at-bats when I finally was able to return after that. And so I knew that I was I played in Daytona for a month and throughout the 2021 season, I knew that I was going to go back there and just – I have to show everybody what I can do and perform to the best of my ability and get my at-bats in. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like you did that. Now you're up in Dayton, right, for a couple of weeks. How, first off, how is that? But two, how confusing is it that you go from Daytona to Dayton? That's got to be frustrating, not really, like, what are the odds of that? Two cities almost the same. <laughs> it's crazy. You literally just take off the A, I know. It's wild. Um, I know, it's crazy, and it's just so, the cities just aren't even close to similar at all, <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's pretty nice up here, though, it's definitely, I love the weather, it's been pretty chill weather, uh, I love the group of guys that I have, it's more my speed, the 
more of the guys that were drafted my year, so I'm, I'm definitely having a good time with that. And right now I'm just trying to adjust and get get to my comfort level and get get back to my group that I was in because, like I said, it's all about maximizing those hot streaks and minimizing those cold streaks. So hopefully I can get on a roll here soon and never look back. I mean, you're literally like minutes away from – I mean, not, probably 45 minutes or so away from Cincinnati's ballpark. I mean, do you ever go over there? Do you ever catch a game? You, you guys are busy, too. No, yeah. So we have a, we have every Monday off, and I, I got the chance to go to a Reds game two weeks ago where they were playing the bet. So I'd Max Scherzer's return day. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a, that was a really good time. Take a good day to go. Yeah, I was going to say, is it kind of weird? Listen, you went to games as a kid. I'm sure you grew up around it, but you're like – does it look different now for you? Do you go out there and, like, I can play like that guy? Like, I I can play here. Like, I know I can. And in a couple of years, I might be here. Without a doubt. It's a it's a completely different game now. When I go and watch a game at a ballpark, I, my mind just doesn't stop. It's always thinking about the pitches and the hitter's pitch selection and the bat path and just certain plays that they're running, stuff like that. Like, it's all, it's all a mind game. It's yeah, just being able to go out there and see all the guys that I've practiced, played with, performed, and competed with, like, out there doing it on the main stage, it's really cool to see, and just, once again, just gives me another reassurance that I know I could do it. Have with yeah, Tyler, Tyler Callahan with us. Uh, let's wrap up with this. Hey, uh, your, your teammate, I think your high school teammates, yeah, sure you were, with Nathan Hickey. Uh, how close are you with him, who's making his way now? Uh, and he took a different route. He went to Florida first, right, and, and did it that way, but uh, I think he's uh, kind of making his way up, too. Uh, do you guys keep in touch quite a bit? Do you keep in touch with your Providence teammates? I'm sure they're pretty proud of you. Oh, yeah, no. Hickey, uh, Hickey's my best friend, without a doubt, and he's a great dude, and he's having a great experience so far with professional baseball, which I don't think anybody would have doubted. He's a great hitter, great dude, and a great catcher. So I'm excited to see what he has in store. Absolutely, Tyler. Real quick, when you mentioned Max Scherzer, you sparked something. I think you had already got called up, but Jacob DeGrom just pitched against Daytona. You weren't there, right? No, yeah, I was not there. I was there for um, another, a different rehab starter. I think it was like Jackson Holiday. Oh, wait, is that the first pick from us? Yeah, that was no, the that, first pick. I know yeah. you're, you're talking about uh, Jordan Holloway, right, for the Marlins? Jordan Holloway, yeah, the Marlins pick. Okay, yeah. Well, then I'll two-part you with this one. How was that facing a major leaguer? And then, two, are you mad you didn't get to face Jacob DeGrom, and did you get any reports from your former teammates about how nasty it was? I actually just watched the video last night of my, one of my really good friends facing him, and I saw him go 101 fastball up and then 94-mile-an-hour slider and then a 93-mile-an-hour slider. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, obviously I – I miss or I missed out on that opportunity. I would love to go up there and just get a chance, but he he's a real deal from what I've been told. Obviously, you don't need me to tell you that the numbers prove it. But yeah, apparently he was pretty incredible, <laughs> which I believe. Um, I love listening. I love listening to you talk the game, man. How uh, hey, is a hundred mile an hour fastball? Is it just so fast, or can you guys hit anything because it's straight? You, it's really all the off speed stuff that's really tough when, to hit. Yeah, so it all it all just has different factors to it. Like, what somebody's one hundred and one mile an hour fastball can look completely different than another person's, just based on so many metrics like spin break or spin rate, vertical break, stuff like that. It all affects the way 
the ball is spun and the ball and the way you perceive the ball out of the hand. So, but that guy, that guy has the best of the best in all of those categories. So apparently, you're not even seeing the ball; you're just up there for fun. That's <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of guys have proved that over the last few years. With uh, Degrom was trying to make his way back uh, to the Mets, Tyler Callahan with us. All right, this seriously is the last one. What do you credit your success? What part of all this journey? Is it the high school ball where you took a jump? Is it all your travel ball in the summer? Do you look back on it and be like, this is where I kind of became a pro baseball player and, and at least like the, the dream could be a reality? Uh, is there a step in that whole process where you're like, hey, I can play? I would definitely say um, the grind and the practice throughout high school and just like the knowledge that I, I learned throughout high school definitely helped me for my coaches from luckily I was surrounded by good players but then I would say summer ball was definitely when I noticed and when I felt like I could do it and I had the potential to be something um, surrounded by a lot of good players and just kind of got into that mindset that um, we were all good enough and luckily we rolled with that and a lot of those guys have had pretty great success and I think that's just when I finally decided that it was real and I really wanted to focus in on it and uh, make it a goal. Yeah, well, uh, keep uh, living for that goal and that dream, and uh, the climb uh, to the big leagues is well underway for Tyler Callahan. 2019 third-round pick of the Cincinnati Reds, now playing up in uh, Dayton, the high-A affiliate of the Reds. Uh, Tyler, appreciate the time, man, especially when you guys get a few days off. Thanks for helping us celebrate baseball in Jacksonville. No doubt. Thanks for having me. That is Tyler Callahan, and uh, what a cool story. How about this? Here's how good baseball is in Jacksonville. When we go from Tyler Callahan to Hunter Barco, and my guess is Barco pitched against Callahan and Hickey in high school multiple times because I think they're in the same classification, if I'm not mistaken, although Bulls may have been in a different class, but they got to have crossed paths. And at one time, Hunter Barco's throwing to Nathan Hickey, who was teammates with Tyler Callahan. That's how good baseball is in Jacksonville, and that's why we're celebrating it here on the show on ESPN 690 today. Little known fact against Hunter Barco, um, I played wiffle ball against him for TV one time a few years back, Casey, so uh, I have an at-bat or two. Uh, against Hunter Barco as well. Uh, I got to go back and look at the video. Um, I'm going to tell everybody, though, I hit a home run, at least in wiffle ball. Stop the uh, cap. I'm not sure. If, I doubt Hunter remembers it the same way. Hunter Barco, what's happening, man? Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on getting drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates the other day. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. That's pretty cool. Uh, you, uh, you, you, you probably won't remember, by the way, the wiffle ball game as much as I did. But we, we do appreciate you taking a few minutes here today. Update all the Gator fans. Update all the baseball fans on how things are going coming back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah, everything's going great so far. Um, just over 11 weeks out of surgery. And really had no pain whatsoever. Uh, full range of movement. And, I mean, I, I can't complain with how it's going so far. So I'm happy with everything and ready to keep getting after it. That's awesome, man. I uh, hope uh, and wish for the best of health for you. And uh, you were really pitching well, too, going into that. Uh, how freaky was that for you? Did you see it coming? Um, and how good did you feel from a pitching performance standpoint this year before that happened? Yeah, I was really happy with how the season was going. Uh, prepared myself well uh, going into my junior season. You know, it's always a, a big year for, for every college baseball player. But uh, uh, everything everything felt really good, and then uh, ended up throwing a pitch against Vanderbilt, 
I want to say week nine of the season, and I threw the pitch, and I knew it. I knew it happened at that point. Oh, you did know it happened that quick. I was one. I was watching and uh, watching you pitch, and and you could see you shake your arm a little bit going back to the dugout. Didn't it, it's just hard to tell, and you don't want to assume. But uh, unfortunately, Tommy John happens. The good part about Tommy John is a lot of folks have it, and they come back even better. And I'm sure that's the way you're thinking as well. Uh, you went to Florida, and you have a great experience. At least it looked like from the outside, uh, from my vantage point. Are, are you happy you ended up going to Florida? You could have gone and played pro ball right out of high school if you wanted to. Uh, yes, I am. Um, regardless, it's it's playing really good baseball against some of the best competition in the country. Um, I'm happy uh, that I went to school. You get to mature for three years, get to form a really good relationship with your teammates. And uh, like you said about Nathan Hickey, he was my roommate at college. So i um, got to grow with him, watch his career get underway, and now I'm just excited to, to get on my path. Yeah, what do guys like Hickey tell you? Maybe it's Callahan, maybe all the other – you have so many people you can lean on from uh, the, the world of baseball that you've met over the years playing high-level ball or even your college teammates or former Gators. What do they tell you about pro ball? What's what's the biggest hurdle uh, that potentially is about to take place? Um, well, aside from the, the rehab, obviously, um, just the fact that you're, you're pretty much on your own now. Um, there's really not – really not an aspect of uh, – of, really trying to win as a team until you get to the big leagues. Uh, up until that point, it's everyone is trying to be the best player they can be to, to help the major league team win. Hunter, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. I, I don't think I'm burying the lead here, but I just want to, like, check with you. Are you going to sign with the Pirates? Is that the plan, or do you think about maybe going back to Florida? Uh, the, plan, the plan is to sign. I love it. <laughs> hey, wait a minute now, Casey. You're a Gator fan. You sure you like that? Um, but th- that makes a lot of se- that makes a lot of sense, Hunter. Right? I mean, it's it's just a logical choice uh, for you at this point, especially coming off the the arm injury uh, to start yeah, your pro career, when, uh, right? I mean, when I would come back from surgery, it wouldn't be until about early or late May, and so by that time, most of the season for college baseball is already over, and pro pro ball starts in I think late April. So. I'll have a lot of the season to to get back throwing through pro, through pro ball. Absolutely. Uh, we wish you, you all the best uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. Um, why did you – how hard of a decision was it coming out of high school whether to go pro or go to college? I, I know you're happy with the decision you made, but was that a very difficult choice because we have other guys like in the area doing that every single year, making that tough choice? It is a tough choice, but it's uh, as a family, it's something that you weigh your options and uh, know what you're worth and just kind of talk it over with your family and figure out what is best for you. Uh, for me, I, I value the education, and I'm only uh, two, two classes away from graduating, so I'm going to graduate here shortly, and that, that was important to me because you never know, never know what can happen with baseball, and, I've always, and from that point, I'll have a degree to lean back on. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that with the classes. But this is why I said I love it, Hunter. Here's the deal. Brent Brent didn't let me finish, but this is why I love it. One of my best friends in the world, Scott Barnes, is the clubhouse person in Pirate City. So you're going to be dealing with this guy, Scott Barnes, a lot. I want you to give him the hardest time you possibly can. Don't take it easy on him. Just do whatever you got to do to make his life tougher. 
But here's the question oh, I want to ask you. you pi- yeah, please do. You pitched against some serious lineups in the SEC, guys that are being drafted, guys that are going to be in the bigs one day. How do you think that will compare to when you start your career in minor league with, like, lower levels? you think those lineups in the SEC will be tougher, or you think minor leagues will be tougher? Um, from what I've heard from other players is the guys in pro ball might have a little bit more talent, but um, – SEC baseball, it's coached really well, and they're trying to put together uh, hits and play small ball as a team uh, rather than every guy in the lineup just going up and trying to get themselves a hit. So uh, I think it'll be a little bit of both, facing a little bit uh, higher talent or competition, but maybe a little better at least to start because the teams aren't trying to string together runs. And that's a great that's a great view and great way to look at it and and uh, first of all you handled that question very well but I think you're right it's kind of like high school ball versus travel ball in a way where like you you kind of got to look out for yourself and you're showing off and you're showcasing in the summer you're trying to win ball games uh, most of the time in high school ball uh, and and that's kind of a, the same mentality so it's a great point how how different of a pitcher are you Hunter you you talked about maturity probably as an individual as a young man uh, you talked about getting your education uh, but like, what's? Are you a mile or two faster? Or did you pick up a, a better slider? Like, where are you from a pitching standpoint, based on the guy we knew coming out of bowls? I would say everything's gotten better. Uh, just I've gotten a lot more physical. But sorry, I lost it every second. Lots of good weight. Um, but yeah, my fastballs gained a few miles an hour. Uh, off speed's gotten a lot sharper. Um, and just just mentally on the mound too. Uh, in high school, you really don't know how to pitch. You just you know you're talented. You know you have good stuff. But when you're facing SEC lineups two or three times over, you got you have to know how to pitch and how to navigate those lineups. So that's something that I've really learned how to do. Um, like scouting other teams, other lineups, and I'm excited to take that to pro ball. All right, hey, how good's the heckling in, in the SEC? I mean, you you must have heard everything, right? Oh yeah. Um, there are some teams where they don't at all, and then there's some fan bases that really do. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, now in today's day, every every dugout gets after each other. Never mind the fans. Uh, well, Hunter yeah. Barco, uh, we appreciate you jumping in. Uh, one other, give us an update. But uh, it, Holden, is that your brother or is that a relative? That's your brother, right? Uh, that's yeah, that's my little brother. Yeah, so he he looks like a good ball player. Uh, is is he a good player? We got to keep an eye on him or what? Yeah, he, he's a great player. Um, really loves the game of baseball, and he, he really loves to compete. So I'm excited to see what he does. He's a he's 15 right now, going into ninth grade, and uh, he's going to be a good player. Was he going to be at Bowles? Um, not to start. Um, he's at TNXL Academy um, down in down Central Florida right now. Oh, good. Well, at least the Creekside Knights don't have to worry about another Barco for now. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, Hey, man, uh, good luck in pro ball and the recovery from Tommy John. Uh, always like catching up with you, and uh, you'll make Jacksonville proud. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes with us here today. Sir, thank you, guys. You bet. That's Hunter Barco, uh, former Bulls guy, Florida Gator, now Pittsburgh Pirate, 44th overall pick in this year's draft. And that dude has a ton of talent. He mentioned, Casey, the physical presence. That's what I noticed the most. I mean, he is a he, he put on a lot of good weight and a good weight room work. That's what college will do to you. And um, it's going to pay off big time for uh, Hunter Barco as he goes uh, and attacks hitters in pro ball.
Uh, we take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We got a little bit of everything in baseball today. How can you talk Jacksonville baseball without talking about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp? Ken Babby joins us when we come back on ESPN 690. When I went on the knee, I was I was looking for power to flip my bat because I have no power at all. Uh, but yeah, then when I saw the ball lands and goes, uh, it just feel amazing. I saw the scoreboard just change and show you the champion. It was it just feel amazing when I saw that. That is Juan Soto, home run derby champ 2022. Hope you enjoyed that last night. Got the all-star game festivities tonight out there in Los Angeles as well. And uh, a midsummer classic. Also the day of our Jacksonville baseball celebration here on ESPN 690. And you can't talk about local baseball in Jacksonville if you don't talk about the minor league baseball history, which now includes AAA affiliate Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Ken Babby getting ready uh, to join us in just a couple moments, but uh, so far, really been a fun show from Howard May, local high school legend uh, in the sport of baseball, uh, to recently, we just had Hunter Barco on, who, who, by the way, you never know, might be pitching someday here at uh, one one Financial Ballpark, uh, Bragan Field, the baseball grounds, and playing against the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I guess that, that certainly could happen uh, as well for a lot of our young players. The Pirates trend to tra- that? the Pirates tend to trade their good prospects, Brent. You never know. Yeah, or four. You're right. And, hey, listen, the Marlins aren't afraid to wheel and deal a little bit at times uh, to either. So, hey, let's welcome in uh, the owner of the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on our baseball celebration day, Ken Babby, right now. Ken, haven't talked to you in a while, man. Hope you're doing well. And uh, you guys are having a good season as you get set to wind down over the, the, the last month of the year. Midsummer's Night's Classic. We're excited for tonight. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Uh, you guys are good. If you look at the standings, you got to like what you see. Yeah, it's been a good start to the year. I, I'm uh, I'm excited for the second half. I think this I think this Marlins farm system is really really exciting to watch. There are a lot of guys, you know, as we as we kind of proceed to the second half that we hope will continue to come up and augment the roster that the, that the Marlins have already given us. And um, uh, you know, we saw Max go up and pitch in, in the big leagues on Saturday. I mean, it's just a lot of lot of excitement i think about the future of this farm system for sure they have been loaded with some of that pitching cabrera and and obviously uh max meyer who did just get called up and cabrera has been uh so the marlins look like they're in good shape how about just from you guys are are kind of twofold here you operate it from a business standpoint a, a family friendly fun atmosphere uh, and then there's obviously the baseball side, and we always talk about this. I, I think those are kind of separate entities, at least the way I look at it. I don't know about you guys, uh, but how's the family fun and, and the atmosphere and the crowds and the promotions, and are you guys happy with what you've accomplished here in 2022? Yeah, thanks for asking, Brent. I think we are ecstatic about 2022 so far. Certainly 2020, no baseball season. 21, we started the season a, a month late, played with reduced capacity, and and then, you know, uh, you know, still sort of post-pandemic as everybody was figuring out their life, you know, a- after COVID. 2022 has felt not only as normal as a season as we've ever had, but, you know, the, the Jumbo Shrimp are absolutely in growth mode right now, seeing substantial increases at the box office. Actually, just saw a, um, a, a fascinating piece about major league attendance that's actually down slightly to start the year, probably a function of the pandemic and sort of many markets climbing out. And here we are in Jacksonville actually showing a sizable increase over where we've been and um, just continuing to see great 
great response from the community. So, uh, yeah, from from a business perspective, really thankful to the community and 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 you know the future of jumbo shrimp baseball is is alive and well. Ken Babby, owner of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp here on ESPN 690 as we celebrate baseball here on a Tuesday. Uh, take us a little bit behind your curtain. Uh, put us in the conference room on, on, a, on a meeting. What do you guys look for from a successful standpoint? I mean, is, is it more people in the seats? Uh, concessions are up. Uh, you're selling more merchandise. I mean, is it, is it just like very business aspecty stuff? Or, or do you measure yourself in a lot of different categories? Well, you know, from a you know from a sort of traditional business standpoint, there are a lot of analytics that you look at in terms of the success of of any business. Um, your audience and and you know how many fans are in the building is a a great place to start. But it, it's so much more than that now, right? In the in the old days, you'd say you know what was your average attendance and and you know what was the total attendance. All of those metrics are are up and actually up substantially as we look at our our year thus far. Uh, but for me, I actually am far more interested in the behaviors that are happening of fans in the ballpark. Where are they spending their time? You know, how you know how, how are they engaging with our our staff and with our mascots and with our promotions? Uh, that to me matters greatly. Um, you know, most fans can find me after a game, particularly after a big fireworks night at the home plate gate of One Two One Financial Park. And as I stand there, one of the things I look for. You know, every night when I when I when I see this, are, are there smiles on people's faces? And um, you know, that's a really important measure to me. That sort of takes me back to the early days as a kid going uh, to the ballpark with my dad, and and really trying to determine what really made for a great outing to the ballpark. Oftentimes, win or lose is an important metric, but it's not the only important metric. And um, if you bring the family out, they have a great time and uh, slurp down some, some, some Coca-Cola and eat those chicken tenders and great food and polish it off with a Mr. Softy. That's a pretty good Saturday night at the ballpark. <laughs> that sure is. You describe it perfectly. Uh, how happy are you you bought this franchise? Um, I've, I've, I've been pretty blunt with you at times. I've said, wow, it's pretty impressive what you paid for it. I think even when you um, bought it from Pedro Bregan, uh, he was wowed by what you paid for it. But you obviously saw that, that – the future here in Jacksonville was bright, and uh, the, the dollars you could make back, all those kind of things. Uh, as you look back on it now, uh, how has this purchase been for Ken Babby? Oh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, let's let's put a pause around the 2020 year because that was a very different that was a yeah. very different time in all of our lives. Certainly, at that point, I didn't know what what the future would hold. But oh my God, uh, you know, Jacksonville has just continued to amaze. To amaze all of us, from Harold Craw uh, all the way through our entire staff, you know, we, we we all we all came to the community and and were hopeful on the future of Jacksonville. Certainly, investing in the future of Jacksonville by buying the team, but none of us could have imagined, uh, you know, how how quickly this community has grown and is continuing to grow. And, you know, we used to talk about it as our you know our our, our little secret in Northeast Florida, and I think unfortunately. Uh, you know, those days may be behind us now because I think the word has gotten out across the country about what a special place this is. And I'll give you, you know, my guys will tell you, I always like to lead with data and with numbers. Brent, you know, one in two people that come into the ballpark on any nightly basis um, have never been there before. And, and that's an amazing thing to me. Um, you know, from our fan research and fan data, one in two, 50% of fans have never been in the building before. And so that tells you, how much growth there is in terms of opportunity uh, for a team like ours 
but also just how quickly Jacksonville and Northeast Florida are growing, is growing. And I think um, that's something to be very, very excited about. Uh, and and, and that, that certainly has us very excited. That's crazy. That is like I'm trying to digest that yeah. number. That is yeah. a crazy yeah. it, it, number. It's an, it's an amazing thing to take a crowd like July 4th uh, with 8,900 people in the ballpark and half of those people that sat there statistically based on our fan research had never been in the building before. And that happens not just on a big night or on a big Friday or a big Saturday, but night after night after night. One in every two fans is new. And, you know, as, as I talk to our team and they know this, the most important thing in any business, particularly in baseball, is making a great first impression. And we get a chance to do that night after night after night. And so, you know, that, that's a double-edged sword. If you, if you don't get it right, it, it, it doesn't work to your benefit. And that's why it's so important to our staff that we care so much about that fan-centric customer service from the moment people arrive at the ballpark to where they decide where they want to sit, what they want to eat, all the way down to how clean the restroom is. And those are all experience touch points that we are just fanatical about and I think are really important in terms of the experience uh, for our fans. Well, and by the way, Ken Babby, who joins us, owner of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, uh, we know a lot of the employees at the Jumbo Shrimp, we deal with them, and I think uh, how they were treated in the pandemic and, and also the retention of employee and quality of employee that you have, I think says a lot about how you run things, the culture there. So kudos to you guys in the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp for what you're doing. Last question for you, Ken. Uh, do you have room for a third team? Uh, will you purchase another one? Uh, you got Akron, you got Jacksonville. Uh, can you do that? Do you, do, you, do you have the wherewithal, the time, the the resources to potentially add another down the road. Can I can I check with my wife and get her permission <laughs> and get back to you? Hey, so listen, I, I, you know, I'll be I'll be a small small investor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, so, you know, we absolutely we uh, continue to intend to grow, and um, now that we've really gotten past the, the pandemic period, you know, our, our our little company now with two teams, the AA affiliate of the Guardians, and and now of course our hometown Jumbo Shrimp, the AAA affiliate of the Marlins. Um, you know, we, we aren't slowing down at all. And there's incredible growth ahead for us in Jacksonville and, and beyond. But, you know, you, you, can't, you can't look beyond, uh, you know, the road in front of you. And, and we're just deeply focused on our work here and what we have ahead of us. And, um, you know, I think we're all enjoying the exhale of the All-Star break, but cannot wait to have our fans back in the building this weekend, this Friday night, the team returns home and fireworks and great promotions all weekend. So, um, I'd be selling us short if I didn't tell you how excited we are about the second half of the season. Yeah, well, good luck in the standings, good luck at the gates, and, and good luck with all those first impressions here in Jacksonville. Ken Babby, thanks for taking a few minutes to celebrate baseball. Keep up the good work, and, uh, and good luck to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, enjoy the All-Star game tonight, guys. It should be a great one. Appreciate Clayton it. Kershaw on the mound. Yeah, not bad at all. Former Jacksonville uh, son, of course. Thanks, Ken. Yeah. Guys, take care. All right, uh, that is uh, Ken Babby, owner of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Very interesting uh, to hear some of those metrics and uh, to hear some growth potential down the road for Ken Babby. Uh, when we come back, a name I didn't know about on the local baseball scene until yesterday. Mm. Will join us. Okay. Or scheduled to join us. Uh, that's coming up next. I think he's a really interesting story, too. We've got to ask him more about it, but we'll learn together. That's next on ESPN 690 as we celebrate baseball in the Jacksonville area. Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau, Casey Kurtz here on ESPN 690. As we celebrate Jacksonville baseball 
here throughout the show. And it's one of my favorite shows of the year. We've done it a couple different times. And one of my favorite parts, I've been in Jacksonville for 15 years, and I lean on guys like Bob West to help me with some of the folks that were here well before my time. And Bob West is awesome, legendary Bishop Kenny coach. And uh, we were talking about several players uh, through the years. Like uh, we've, we've had Travis Chapman on. I was talking to him about Darren O'Day and, and Papelbon and Kevin Witt, uh, who, by the way, is doing lessons today, I think out in Texas. And so he couldn't join us. He was a little busy, but we'll get him on the next time. And he texted me today or yesterday. He said, uh, you know Tommy Raffo? Head coach at Arkansas State, played at BK and Mississippi State. Interesting story, made it to AAA, but was drafted by old Miami Marlins of the Independent League in the first year. Um, so, and how about this? Was in the race for SEC Triple Crown, but Frank Thomas just beat him out. Has a bunch of Mississippi State records. I said, I had not heard of Tommy Raffo. I didn't know that. That's why I like doing this show. I learned a little bit. Well, guess who joins us right now? Arkansas State head baseball coach Tommy Raffo taking a few minutes uh, for us. Tommy, we appreciate it. Uh, I get to learn a little bit more about the history of baseball, and you get to help us guide us there, thanks to the legendary Bob West. Absolutely, and appreciate Brent having us on. And, you know, Bob West is, uh, gosh, is somebody that uh, we all looked up to as a father figure, as a coach, and as a mentor, and just uh, has a lot of a lot of things that you grow up in life it goes back and circles back to the coaches you had, and Bob West is one of them for sure. Tommy, you were out at Arkansas State for a while now, uh, since uh, 2009, I believe. It, does does Jacksonville just lose touch with some guys? I mean, sometimes when people move away, you kind of like, oh, okay, they're not right around the corner. Um, or do you keep in touch with Jacksonville and the guys that you played with and, and um, coaches and all the rest of them through the years? Well, I think a lot of times wherever region you're in, a lot of times dictates a lot of the communication that you have. Um, especially, you know, when you're coaching. And I spent, I was fortunate enough to, to be at Mississippi State for 15 years and now here going on my 15th year at Arkansas State. So you you, you really do stay a little bit more in your region, uh, typically, or state, um, especially in the recruiting part and the communication. As far as knowing what's going on in Florida and Jacksonville, yes, you keep tabs on. And uh, obviously you want to make sure and kind of see what's going on in those areas. But, um you know, just uh, Jacksonville's always been a special place. I grew up there as a kid, and I have a lot of family there still. And uh, and, and Jacksonville does have some really, really good baseball. Oh, it's uh, fantastic baseball. And uh, you mentioned recruiting. Uh, Arkansas State, obviously not in this kind of park, I mean, you know, however you want to segment it. But it is a very regional thing, right? I mean, people kind of recruit their states around them. Is that more budget-based? Is that because kids used to usually will stay home? There's not a ton of scholarships. Uh, am I correct about that, that it's kind of a regionalized recruiting scene for the most part? And why is that? Yeah, that's a great point, Brent. You know, a lot of these states, for in-state kids have some sort of money set up uh, and it helps them stay in the state and you can piggyback a lot of that uh, on top of a baseball scholarship and so it really it keeps a lot of these maybe some of the in-state players more in-state uh, versus it does cost us more to go out of state to go get a player or put them on scholarship um, so yeah there are some differences that way and I think that's what's kind of played out across the country with baseball with 11.7 scholarships. 
What's the scene like? Tommy Raffo joining us, former Bishop Kenny uh, star of Mississippi State, uh, played pro ball for a while, now the head coach at Arkansas State. By the way, coach of the year in the Sun Belt Conference back in 2012. What was the scene like? Can you paint a little bit of a picture when you were in high school at Bishop Kenny? Uh, how good were you guys? How good was the baseball scene that would have been back in the, I think, uh, mid or late 80s? Well, I mean, it, you, you kind of bring back a lot of memories. I mean, uh, a lot of rivalries back there. You had a lot of very good baseball programs. Um, when you look around the, the city of Jacksonville and you had a Terry Parker and a Sandalwood, you had a lot of teams that were perennially always doing well um, in, in the state tournament. Then you had the, the Bishop Kenny and the Bulls rivalry going on with a lot of very good players coming out of those two schools and histor historically have. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is the, the culture that was at Bishop Kinney and that was, um, you know, with the coaches that were there at the time. And, and, and Bob West had a lot to do with that. And uh, obviously there were others, Damon Alento and Walt Giannone, and just really had an influence on your lives, but also taught you a lot of the right things as far as the game is concerned and, um, and helped you move on later, whether you went to school or not, uh, to become a better person. Why the heck the pipeline of Mississippi State from Bishop Kenny? I mean, there are just a myriad of people that ended up Mississippi State. I think I asked this question a couple of years ago, but what's your view on it? No, it's really unique. It really is. Uh, there was uh, uh, Pat McMahon, who's now with the Yankees organization, uh, was a player there and ended up uh, being a graduate assistant and later as a coach. And then you had Bob West, who had ended up being a graduate assistant at one time there, too. And um obviously back then you did not have travel ball you did not have anything to do with um people crisscrossing the country with high school players playing it was a lot more localized a lot of legion you're playing within your city and you relied a little bit more on word of mouth and people who you trusted and so i, I think that a lot of coaches dipped down into you know who they trusted as far as recommended for players uh to look at and I think that's where it kind of stuck. And once you did really well with a couple of young men from a good program at Bishop Kenny, um, obviously you keep going back. And I think that's what happened in Mississippi State. Tommy Raffo with us, uh, played at Bishop Kenny High School and went to Mississippi State, played pro ball, now the Arkansas State head coach. Uh, give me one uh, state of college baseball, if you don't mind. Uh, I think the kids get a bad rap this generation at times. I think systemically uh, it's it, there are a lot of things so different that aren't always good, uh, especially if you, if you grew up in a different era um, like most of us did. Uh, what's your view as you coach these young men, as you try to navigate recruiting, as now we have NIL? Uh, I mean, I was at a game recently, and I heard of a big – somebody was talking about a big program that if you make the roster, you're getting forty grand uh, just to make the roster. I mean, there is a lot to, to navigate for a guy in your position now and try to still be good. Well, Brad, you brought up a good point, and, and there's a lot of variables that in the last two years after COVID have changed. Number one, you have the NIL uh, availability. Number two is you have the portal, which is enables people to move um, a little bit easier and freer from college to college. Number three is you have the draft, which is going on right now or finishing up with just 20 rounds, whereas it used to be 40 rounds. And then lastly, I think, Brent, is you had that extra year of COVID. Everybody uh, was able to go back to school or get another year of eligibility. With those four factors, it's changed college baseball. 
And what I mean by that is college baseball is a lot more older now. They're a lot more experienced now. And I think coaches are not uh, probably as willing to stay as young now. And so you're seeing a lot more um, coaches maybe go with players that have proven themselves or have a more of a track record uh, going into these college programs. There's your change for you. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Uh, there's a lot to navigate, and, and good luck doing that, by the way, and still at the heart of it trying to uh, you know, teach young men life skills and, and the game of baseball uh, at its uh, best level. Uh, I, w- I will ask you one more from your vantage point. Because you grew up in such a great era of ball, but it wasn't as highly notarized and on Twitter and everywhere else and, and maybe even scrutinized uh, to that point. It, are, are today's players better? Is there more depth at, at, at better players? Or are, are we just noticing them more? I think, uh, I think you got a really – you made a point earlier about uh, PR with social media and a lot of things being more um, readily available. Um, I do think it adds a little bit more attention to players earlier in their careers, maybe, especially when they're younger. Um, and so, so possibly, and I don't know the, quite the answer, but I think that um, you know, there's a little bit more of a following earlier with a lot of baseball players um, versus back in the past um, where you didn't have that identification. You didn't have the videos that were being sent over the phone. Uh, so, yes, I, I do think that there were probably just as good players back then, yeah. really good players. They just didn't get the, you know, you didn't get the publicity or the attention like there is now, which is all the time or at your fingertips as much as it is now. So um, it's fun. It's fun to see all the development. It's fun to see all these really good young players get better and better. Um, and it's easier for coaches to watch and follow Tommy Raffo, Arkansas State head coach, uh, former Bishop Kenny star, and another part of Jacksonville baseball history. Hey, Tommy, really appreciate you jumping in on like 24 hours notice. I know we've never met, but I appreciate you, you doing that and give us a little more education uh, about the history of Jacksonville baseball. Good luck at Arkansas State. Absolutely. Anytime, Brian. You bet. Uh, that is uh, Tommy Raffo. Uh, thanks again to Bob West, uh, who, who uh, texted me about Tommy and uh, just the long line. In case that's what I talk about. Like, I'm around baseball, man. I don't – you're not going to hear every name. But, I mean, think about that guy's resume. It's one that I think most people would take in a heartbeat if they could get it. Yeah. Uh, and, by the way, another Mississippi State – I mean, there's so many Mississippi State uh, follow guy that who follows along on Twitter and still involved in baseball, Trent and Torsha. Uh, you know Trent? Tim, yeah, Tim Parenton. I know Trent. Uh, by the way, at UNF. I mean, the Mississippi State pipeline is absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, it's like an awesome baseball school. It's not just like yeah. they went up the road and played college baseball. They played at Mississippi freaking State. Yeah. Like, there was know. a documentary and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Uh, Tommy Raffle, very cool. That was nice uh, to catch up with him. We appreciate his time on short notice. When we come back. It's usually football at five. Not today. It's a baseball celebration. Many more guests to get through and rifle through, and that will continue on Action Sports Shacks OT as well. Coming up at six with Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. Desi Relaford still on the way. We'll even dip into the softball world with Michelle Moultrie. All coming up next on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 